Welcome to Inside the Nest, episode five. I'm your host, Tyson Geik, and I'm really excited about this episode. Not that I wasn't for the previous four episodes, but this is the most action-packed episode that we've had yet. I'm very pleased to be joined first by the voice of the Halifax Thunderbirds, Pete Dalladay, and our color commentator, Pat Gregoire. Gents, welcome to the show. As I said earlier, the chemistry building for next season kind of starts here. been a bit since i've seen that uh, smiling face there of patty though he's been online a lot and i of course i follow him but uh, we haven't seen each other since uh, march obviously uh who knew that was going to be the last time we'd see each other in 2020 but it's uh, it's great to see everyone here tonight absolutely Pat, Pete. I, was, uh, I, I was driving the other day and it was snowy and cold and miserable but i was thinking you know what this reminds us this reminds me of our drives to to the airport uh, getting ready for a Halifax Thunderbirds home game weekend and uh, I would do anything uh, for one of those uh, anytime soon now on the very first yeah, episode we'll of inside the nest Pete, on the very first episode of inside the nest we, yep. we kind of teased Pat about the fact that he wasn't in attendance for that very first Halifax Thunderbirds <laughs> game he missed history but you yeah. were on the call for that one. You, uh, you, you actually, you know, had the call as Jake Withers went down and scored on the New York Riptide for the first goal yeah. in Thunderbirds history. Let's let's roll that clip and, and get a little nostalgic about it. All here, one of the officials for tonight's game. Crowd's ready to go. We're ready, and here we go. It's showtime in Halifax, and the opening draw. Here come the Thunderbirds. Should they score? That didn't take long. Jake Withers, the first goal in Thunderbirds history. Wins the draw, scores the goal. It's 1-0 Halifax. Oh, great job yeah, on the call there was... by Pete Holiday. Pat, how do you feel uh, yeah. hearing that back? <laughs> you know what? I'm glad that you guys cut that right before Scott Arnold chimed in. And, hey, Scott did a fantastic uh... job, uh, but that would have just been salt in the wound. Uh, I will never live that down. I, I will always regret not being able to be there. Uh, but every other single Halifax home game that I went to, it just got better and better. But yes, of course, missing yeah. the first goal, the first game, it's something that I'll, I'll, I'll regret. But uh, what a moment that was. Yeah, it happened quick. You know, it was there was a lot going on and a big pregame show, of course. And Scott and I, I think, uh, you know, Pat, there's not a lot of time to get upstairs back into that uh, booth. Uh -huh. The next thing you know, face off. And, and I wasn't even 100% sure that it was Jake that had the ball because he's, he was coming off the far boards. And I, I wanted to make sure I didn't blow the call. But it happened so quick. I don't think anyone was ready for it. Um, but uh, obviously Jake was. And it was kind of fitting that he scored the first one off a of face off because he was so good, so so, you know, the whole season on the draws, that uh, was pretty mm -hmm. cool, just 10 seconds in. Now, you guys were on the call together. You did a great job in, in your first season being on that broadcast together. What was it like kind of developing that chemistry that I talked about uh, coming into this show here? You know well, what? It was, as she we're fumbling all thing. over each other, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Jinx, Pete, go you, ahead. Pete, Pete, you, you can you can go ahead first. I'll I'll, I'll chime off no, you, like I, we normally I, do. I was just gonna say, I, I was you know I was so happy. I you mentioned Scott Arnold who did the first game there. Not to keep bringing that up, Patty, but uh, as soon as he heard that 
you know, I got the gig and that you were going to be the color guy, you know, you had worked with Scott in the past and he said, you couldn't ask for a better guy to work with. So I got excited. Pat and I never actually did a game together up until this year, because I think if I was away doing a Lakers game back here in Peterborough, I think Pat actually was the one that may have filled in for me and, or he was doing a game uh, in the booth next, next door to me. So we actually never worked a game together, but um, one of the best in the business. I, I had so much fun working with Pat and, He's so knowledgeable and, and not just about the league, but the game in general, having coached it, having played it. And, and he knows uh, the NLL so well. So it was it was a blast. And, and yeah, not a lot of chemistry tonight on this on this call. It's a little trickier, but uh, I, I think we did a, I think we did a pretty good job. I appreciate all the, the kind words, Pete. Honestly, uh, it, it was it was so good. Um, working alongside you, sharing that booth. I, I couldn't ask for a better play-by-play -play guy. I fed off not just the crowd's energy, but I fed off your energy. Mm -hmm. And uh, truly, I, I, I followed you, your career um, with the Lakers, hearing you, even with hockey as well with the Peets. So I, I knew that when I was hopping the booth, I was going to be with a, a consummate pro. And uh, boy, was I right. And honestly, there are some legendary calls already from that that first season that you had. So there'd be a few times where I'd have to kind of gather myself because I chuckle because uh, some of the one liners that you throw out uh, after some of those goals. Uh, I was, you know what, and, you know, it was so much fun, but what made it fun, Tyson, and easy to do was, as Pat mentioned, it was the crowd. It was the atmosphere, the players. That, that put it all together and everyone that was behind it. It was such a great, uh, you know, let's be honest, we got, we got to see some great lacrosse. I mean, the Thunderbirds never lost a game in regulation at home all season long. So uh, we were entertained. And uh, the only thing I'm jealous about, I was jealous of the fans because as much as I loved doing the games and, and it was such a great ride, I would have loved to watch one from the stands. I, I think it would have been fantastic. Not that I want to be, become a fan anytime soon. I, I love what I do, but they looked like they were having a blast. They looked like they were having a great time. Pete, I talked to Pat about this on episode one as well, but I wanted to get your take on the matter. That game against the Saskatchewan Rush at home was absolutely incredible, rated by some as the best game of the NLL season last year. What was that like, being at the Scotiabank Centre for that and taking it all in and, and being on the call for it in just one incredible game? Yeah, you're asking me. Yeah, um, probably one of the best lacrosse games I've ever had a chance to be part of as uh, in any sort of role. Um, it was a loss, yeah, technically, uh, but I think it was a win at, at the end of the day for uh, the Halifax uh, fans, for for the franchise. I mean, yeah, I'm sure Mike Kersey and Billy D and everyone, you know, took it hard, no question. But at the end of the day, it felt like a win. It, it was crazy, and and I don't know about pat but i do remember i'm like at some point in the broadcast i said i think it's going to take 15 goals to win this and and what i said that when it, the score was like you know maybe nine four like i i just i had a feeling that halifax was not out of that game and if they could get on a bit of a run which they did i'm going to be in for a good finish did i know it was going to be that exciting at the end uh, not really. It was just a, a huge night. I think for Austin Shanks, if I'm not mistaken, and some of the other lads, yep. and I, I would put it the top three games that I've ever been a part of, if not the top game I've ever called. Now, gents, I have to get your take on this Halifax Thunderbirds team. They start the season six and zero, 
and then they go on to go two and four in the, the kind of second half. So just what is the identity of this team and, and kind of trajectory moving forward and, and what might they need to work on in order to win an NLL championship? I think that a little bit of adversity that they faced during that, you know, two and four stretch actually, you know, helped them out. Um, I think they realized, even though they were six and oh, whenever you talk to the coaching staff, they kept saying, you know what, we're still not playing a full 60 minutes of lacrosse. You know, we haven't played a game where our offense has been on point and our defense has. It seemed like every time the offense had a great game, it was maybe the defense or transition that really struggled. We never really saw a game from start to finish, probably until that game against the Toronto Rock, the last regular season game, where it was a full, complete 60-minute effort um, from each and every unit, including the goaltenders as well. So I think this is a team that kind of knows now, going into next season, they have a lot of you know older veteran presence players like Cody Jamison, Ryan Benesh. You know, you add a guy like Steph LeBlanc. Uh, those are guys that, you know, I don't want to say time's ticking because they're such special players, but, you know, they're on the late, later ends of their careers, but they can still perform. So they're still ready to be, you know, a championship team, but they also have a lot of these young guys that are, uh, you know, for example, Tyson Bell, uh, they pick him up. He's a young guy, but he has championship pedigree. Uh, Austin Shanks, Jake Withers. These are guys that uh, have been to the championship, but they're still in the early stages of their career. So it's tough to kind of put an identity on this team because they have so many veterans that have won championships, uh, but they also have these young players that are hungry uh, and ready to get their first championship taste as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, you mentioned Tyson Bell, Patty, and, and what an addition uh, he is going yeah. to be to this lacrosse club. You you already got mm -hmm. a pretty good team that, that can guys can get loose and, you know, Graham Hossack and head off the floor and score in transition. Now you got another one. You know, we get to see a lot yep. of them in the summertime here at Ontario, and, and I'll tell you what, if there's ever a guy that sort of can just get the ball, go and score, and, and no one can catch him, uh, in Tyson Bell, and, and as you say, now you got Steph LeBlanc, and I saw Steph on the show a couple of weeks ago. He's in market. He's living, you know, in Nova Scotia, and I've been watching him for many years, and I think this is a pickup that uh, was fantastic. I think it was just a great move for a lot of reasons. Obviously, uh, off the floor, he can help uh, grow the game there in Halifax, but on the floor, when yeah. you can add a stick like Steph LeBlanc to an already really deep side on that right side with the lefty shots, I mean, that's that's incredible. Mm -hmm. So I, I think they addressed a couple issues because, again, I don't know what the season's going to look like, to be honest with you. Like, will there be more back-to-back -back games, like, kind of like what they're doing in the NHL right now? I don't know. But if there is, now you got you got some great depth if you're playing any sort of back-to-backs yeah. or two within three days, adding, you know, those great guys. Point. So, you know, again, some great pickups there. It was episode three that I had head coach Micah Kersey on and I asked him just how difficult are these decisions going to be come training camp because of that depth that you guys have brought up. So when you look at that, who might be on the chopping block or, or what are these decisions that are going to have to be made and, and how is the coaching staff going to have to kind of cope with that? You know, I, I don't really want to, you know, 
single out a player here and there because I do truly believe that I think there's going to be a lot of players that quite frankly could be on that chopping block um, the way that you know Mike Bacursey, Billy D. Smith and Chad Culp the way that they approach the game um, is that you know any night anyone can be out of the lineup so if you're not bringing it there's a good chance that you potentially might not be in that lineup so he's going to He's right. He's going to have some some very difficult decision. I think Kurt Styers will as well. But one really good thing with a lot of these players uh, is that they're versatile, right? So um, it's not just one guy that's a lefty. All he can do is score. Uh, Steph LeBlanc's a perfect example. Yes, he was brought into this lineup um, to produce, but he also realizes that there are some really talented lefties there. He knows that he's going to have to crash, bang, set picks. Maybe his point number, his point production might not be as high as it was um, in some previous seasons, but he knows he has a certain role. Uh, so I, I think that it's quite wide open. Obviously, there's guys that we know that are going to be there. I think the defense is something that's going to be really interesting. Um, you know, do you decide to allow, a, you know, a guy like Nungo Thompson? Is he going to continue to see his trajectory and grow? Um, because there are, you bring in other guys, David Brock, he, he wasn't brought in to, you know, sit in the press box. He's going to play. Um, I think Pete does bring up a great point. If this is going to be a condensed season, depth is only going to help this team, uh, especially with some of the older guys, giving a guy like Ryan Banesh a night off, if they're playing a, a back-to-back, not the worst thing to happen. Right. Um, I think these are opportunities for some of these older players. Um, and even just to kind of see what you have. Maybe uh, get a young guy in that defensive unit, see how he fits in. Um, and, and once it kind of gets down to the nitty gritty and you get into playoffs or you get into win now mode, um, that's when you put your best effort out there and that's when you put your best line up there. Yeah, it should make, I, you know, again, I don't know what training camp would look like this year compared to previous years, but I think I'd want to be there. I think it would be very competitive yeah. uh, as much as these guys are family. Uh, good friends. There's some competition there for some jobs, and I think it would be uh, I think it'd be worth watching a camp this year yeah. for sure because it'd be pretty uh, pretty competitive. Yeah, Chet Kanechny was on episode two of Inside the Nest, and I went back to an old quote of his uh, in the inaugural uh, training camp for the Halifax Thunderbirds. He said it was the toughest training camp that he's ever been a part of. So. You know, if that's any indication, it's just going to get even tougher with the bodies that have been brought in heading into this 2021 season. And uh, I'm that much more excited to see exactly what happens in the finalized roster at the end of the day. Let's uh, move and kind of check out the goaltending here. Warren Hill last season was was pretty fantastic for this club. And in the National Lacrosse League, it's really hard to win without that rock-solid starting goaltender who your defense, your, your offense can count on night in and night out. Warren Hill was that guy. Do you guys see this being maybe a bit of a flash in the pan or can he continue this in the 2021 season and beyond? Pat, I'll go well, to you first. Uh, you know, Pat, I'll or let, you know, I'll let Pat talk a bit more about it, but I can touch on the fact that, I mean, you, you sort of rock solid, but Warren became a bit of a rock star in Halifax he yeah. became a fan favorite really early because he played so well that the types of saves he was making uh you know he became uh, known as a king of the hill there and he he was just uh like a rock star there and, and just playing playing so well the only thing I'll add is I mean I think goaltenders 
you know, sometimes it takes a while for them. You know, they're like defensemen in hockey sometimes. It just takes a while for them to mature and, and get there. And I think he's just at the perfect age right now. And, and again, I mean, Patty knows goalies maybe a bit better than I do. But, um, you know, I, I, I think he can keep it going. I, I don't see I don't see why not. Well, Pete, obviously, we're, uh, we're in mid-season form because you just read my mind, of course. I think Warren Hill is one of the more underappreciated players in this league. I don't think he's underappreciated in this organization and in the locker room because uh, this team knew what he could do even dating to two seasons ago. Um, he took over that starting job and ran with it. You look at it, back at his numbers from that season – um they're off the charts and he rolled into this season and just continued to get better and better yes he had a couple of off nights here and there but what what goalie doesn't you even look at some of the best goalies we've seen play this game uh, they all have their off night and a lot of that I, I think some of the times it was the defense maybe wasn't playing um to the way that Billy D. Smith and Warren Hill likes them to play to allow Warren to be the best goaltender as possible. Cause that's a big thing with lacrosse. And I don't know if a lot of people, you know, that are new to the game realize um, you play a certain style of defense based upon how your goaltender likes to see shots. And some goalies like to see those outside shots. They don't care as long as they're from the outside, they'll take them. And then there's some other ones. They don't mind a little bit of action, right? They, maybe they're not as good on, on those outside shots when you're getting screened. So uh, I think Warren Hill has proven that he should be a number one goalie. I think he's going to continue. Uh, and one thing that he's he's better than almost any goalie in this league uh, is that pass, that outlet pass after making that save. And I think when you add a guy like Tyson Bell, even David Brock um, into this lineup, and you have other guys that can produce in transition, I think that's only going to take this team to the next level, um, being able to put some points from the back end up. Now, there were some new players that were added to this Halifax Thunderbirds roster, both in free agency and, and through the draft. I, I want to know if there is a particular player, a set of players. It could be a new guy or you know someone who was on the roster last season that you're really focusing on. Is there anyone that really comes to mind that you're going to have a close eye on that Halifax Thunderbirds fans may not necessarily be talking about right now? That could be an Ethan Riggs, a Matt Gaudette. Um, anyone that, that really comes to mind first, Pete, we'll go to you. Well, the big rig right there, you, you mentioned him. He's already got a great handle, right? I mean, uh, natural great nickname <laughs> right there that I think Pat's probably going to have a, a little fun with for sure. Uh, this season, you can do a lot with that. And then, you know, he's, I think from what I understand and people I talk to is, you know, the, the complete package that, you know, it's going to be difficult. I mean, this is the best league in the world to, to step right in, maybe a little tricky, but the thing about him is he's surrounded, uh, you know, by the best in the business in terms of, you know, working with the staff that, that the Thunderbirds have and the veteran players. So he's in a good situation there. And again, and I know Pat will probably touch on this a little bit. There's, there's no need for a guy like that to step right in in the first game of the year, the second game. There's so much depth that, um, you know what, they can take, they can have patience with, with, with the younger guys like this, the draft picks, because it's, it's a team that's full of uh, veterans and, and a nice mix. So there's no need to rush them. Absolutely. I, I think uh, Ethan Riggs is probably one of the more interesting and intriguing uh, new players coming into this uh, lineup. Uh, but for me, a player that I have my eyes on, I've had my eyes on him 
for a long time, but I think within the last couple of seasons, he's taken his game to the next level. I even mentioned him just, you know, a few moments ago. It's David Brock. I think he is truly one of the more underrated defenders in the game. I thought that he should have been a defender of the year nominee just two years ago when he played with New England. Um, he had some ridiculous numbers, 17 points, uh, 34 caused turnovers. Uh, he really, really proved uh, to the rest of the league that he wasn't just a shutdown defender. He can move the ball up the floor real well. Um, and I think he adds a different element. And he adds some veteran leadership to a defense that I think that maybe some – some people have thought that this could potentially be the the weaker point of the Thunderbirds, um, but I think that they've addressed two really strong needs is some veteran leadership uh, with a guy like David Brock and then obviously Tyson Bell, um, a guy that can move up the floor and play a little mean. And that's one thing that Billy D. Smith talking to him, he says that's how he wants his defense to play. Obviously, the game has changed. It's not quite as rough and tumble, but you still want to play with an edge. You want people to not want to go up against your defense. And I think that's one thing uh, that this Thunderbirds team has added. It's just David Brock, for whatever reason, I don't know why. Maybe it's because Tyson Bell is a flashy player. He's got the great flow and Steph LeBlanc's <laughs> in market and he's a veteran. But this Bell or this Brock pickup, is certainly certainly going under the radar yeah david brock seems to have gotten better with age and i think that's it's a common thing in the national lacrosse league and not that it happens with everyone but we do see these players that really start to find their edge a little bit later in their careers yep. and they have these uh, career years campbell on the back end for the thunderbirds another guy a couple years ago was uh, really terrific and uh, and we saw him put up numbers that we hadn't seen in his career so uh, a common theme there also a big congratulations going out to david brock who just became a father had his yes uh, newborn son theo a couple of days ago he'll join us on episode six of inside the nest in just a couple of weeks so really looking forward to having him on and uh, kind of picking his brain and i'm going to tell him now pat that you've got a close eye on him he might get nervous here <laughs> it's the brock <laughs> star man the brocket ship uh, uh yeah. he should be used to it i know uh I know it's uh, he's 35. So, I mean, it, it, you, you mentioned it. He keeps getting better. He's like a fine wine. gets better with age. And I think that that element to this defense is something that they've been missing. And I'm really looking forward to the defense. I'm a defensive guy. I played D. So I always gave the Thunderbirds defense the benefit of the doubt. Um, and I think they're truly a special core, especially when you have Warren Hill playing at his best capabilities. I think next year, a lot of people are going to not just talk about the high power depth offense of the Thunderbirds. They're going to talk about how good and how young and, and how, how fast and athletic the defensive unit of the T-Birds is. Yeah. A couple of D guys mean yeah. you are Pat hands like feet, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, Better hands on a snake. Before I let you guys go. I mean, we could, we could talk lacrosse here for hours. Uh, love chatting with you guys. Um, I, I have to bring this up, though. Pete, you have called over 1,500 games at the Memorial Center in Peterborough. Uh, legend has it that you've got bunk beds there. You kind of camp out sometimes. You just they, <laughs> They've got your own little space that you're able to live in. We've got some photos here, and this was uh -oh. my first year of broadcasting lacrosse. And honestly, it, it was a storybook ending. It couldn't have been any better. I think we were having a couple <laughs> pints there at the uh, at the the arena bar, and there's Daniel yeah. Tool of PSN Sports Center, and 
And here's another cool little twist is Jesse Thomas is on the right-hand side here. And he's actually a yes. reporter in Halifax. Mm -hmm. He was the color yeah. commentator on the broadcast. Uh, the Peterborough Lakers yeah. went on to win that man cup in, uh, in 2012 over the Langley thunder. They were down two nothing in the series. They went on to, to win the next four straight. They were star studded. It was an incredible lineup and uh, a lot of great lacrosse folks in the lineup there. And, and, you know, behind the bench, Jamie Batley was coaching at the time. He's now with the Halifax Thunderbirds organization. And I got yeah. to learn a lot from you, Pete, uh, on those broadcasts. I think you took off one game and uh, you couldn't make it. You had another commitment and you said, Hey, yeah, you've got the call for, for uh, I think it was game two. And I was 22 at the time, had never called play by play in lacrosse before. So I was getting the call up to, uh, to do a man cup game and you kind of gave me that opportunity, but I had the chance to learn a lot from you that season. So you, you prepped me well for it. So it's, it's funny how in the lacrosse world, yeah. it all almost comes full circle and, and we've, uh, you know, we're back here, unfortunately, not in, in person, but on a on an inside the nest episode together. Well, yeah, that, that was a great man cup and, and, and a lot of fun. And I think I needed a, a bunk bed that night because I don't think I did make it home <laughs> after that. But um, <laughs> but, it, you know what, you're doing a great job. And it, it's it's kind of weird that I'm now in this situation of of, uh, of having uh, groomed a few people or at least tried to anyway. And and you know obviously i'm very proud of what you've gone on to do it's just it's just incredible and and you're like a one-man show tice i mean you can sing you can dance you can play guitar you can <laughs> do, do a bit of everything man so um you know it, it's been a fun ride but that, that was a great uh, that was a great year and it is great to see jesse i saw jesse thomas who's a peterborough guy as well the very first day i was in halifax uh, he was there covering the thunderbirds and i know he's a big supporter so uh a shout out to him for sure uh, now, Pat, I can't uh, let you leave the episode without throwing in one more quick little jab here. When I when I pitched this episode to you, you said there's no way I'm staying on as a part of the, the, the Peterborough theme here. So can you, <laughs> can you shed some light on that? I, Ashley, Ashley Docking's not here, so I got to throw you under the bus. I got to be the one. Yeah, I, some, yeah, I got I got to enjoy the view from below the bus. No, I was just kidding, you know. Obviously, the you know Peterborough guys love to talk about how great Peterborough is, but I mean they they've got the resume to back it up, so I, I can't really you know I can't really fight it. Um, <laughs> you guys talk about a man cup. I, I've been in that building for a few man cups as well, and um, what the you know what what the the organization does and how many great lacrosse players that they they build and and. Um, how the community really gets behind it. It's something special to see. And I think it's uh, something that I can't believe I'm giving Peterborough so much credit, but uh, it's an awesome place to go watch a lacrosse game. So, um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully the Peterborough guys that are, are uh, coming on in a little bit, they can uh, continue to pump up Peterborough's tires because I'm getting woozy just talking about it right now. <laughs> nice save, Pat. Nice save. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. All right, Pat Gregoire, thanks hey. so much for joining, man. It's it's always a pleasure. Uh, you're doing great work covering this team, and we'll look forward to, I mean, hopefully being a broadcast with you very soon. We're, we're just counting the days here. I've got the calendar up. I'm crossing off days till April 9th. Uh, fingers crossed that we get the ball rolling here soon, and uh, we're looking forward to it. So thanks for coming on Episode 5 of Inside the Nest. See my hand shaking there? That's withdrawals yeah. from uh, from the chowder.
Pete, you know all about that. We'll have to let yeah. Tyson know, though. Of course. Rub it in, man. Rub it in. All right, we'll catch you next time, Pat. Yeah. All right, to keep up the Peterborough theme with this episode, we've got Jake Withers, the wizard of the X here for the Halifax Thunderbirds, and in the National Lacrosse League in general. He led the league in uh, face-off percentage last season, so everyone give a warm welcome to Jake Withers. Jake, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me on, Tyson. Of course, of course. We've got Pete here as well. Uh, Pete, you've you've been covering lots of uh, Wiz's lacrosse over the years, I assume. Yeah, I, uh, I I think I probably first saw him at the uh, the Laker Classic, maybe when he was in uh, PV or Batum. I don't know. I I didn't know him then, but uh, certainly uh, I've got to know him and, and got to watch a lot of his lacrosse, both now in the summer, which you know, with the Lakers, and now with Halifax and. Um, you know, even got to meet his grandparents in the parking lot of uh, Papa John's uh, after a game uh, last last season. And they stopped me and uh, really nice people, just a great family uh, from just outside of Peterborough. Are you calling Keene home these days, uh, Jake, or what, what do you call your official hometown? Uh, Keene, yeah. I mean, Keen for people from Peterborough who know what Keene is, I'll say Keene. But other than that, you know, from, yeah. the, from talking to big city people like Tyson, I'll say Peterborough. But um i just bought a house actually so i'm in the heart of the city now on chamberlain so uh, so downtown i'm not on top i'm not on top of these names here that you're i must be a big city guy because you're speaking a different language (laughs) well the way peterborough is it's like you're from some people are from peterborough but some people who consider themselves from peterborough are from one of the 10 to 15 um, little communities outside of it so there's Keene, which is obviously the god's country of the area but then you have Ennismore, Duro, Warsaw I go on and on Tyson but we'd be here all night <laughs> uh Wiz you were lucky enough to score the first goal in Halifax Thunderbirds history and and Pete was on that call so it's kind of cool to have the two of you on here how special is it looking back on that just seconds into game one you score the goal, and now you get to listen to Pete's voice on that uh, on that that call for the rest of your life. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a good good, good honor and a, a privilege that you know I was kind of the the lucky one to score that first one, and um, you know, go figure that you know I was able to have Pete kind of call that. Um, I know I mentioned earlier that I won the face off and went down and scored when I actually lost it, and you know, uh, jammer and and. Colton, another Peterborough guy, made a nice play and kind of gave me a lane to the net. And I, to be completely honest, just kind of closed my eyes and shot the ball. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a big honor and a big privilege to kind of wear that, um, you know, or have that accolade beside my name. But I wouldn't have been able to you know, score that goal if it wasn't for the other four guys battling out there. So um, it's something I'll definitely never forget. And it's a, a pretty cool experience that not many people can say that they've uh, they've been able to do is score the first goal in a, in a new franchise's um, history. Well, that's a great segue to get our next guest on here. Pete Dalladay, I'll let you go. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. It was great to catch up and really hope to get to see you in person soon. It would be it in the booth or I don't know, maybe we're eating chowder together out uh, on the uh, on the East Coast, but hope to catch up in person very soon. And, and we appreciate coming on here. Thanks, Tyson, and good to see you, Jake, and uh, all the very best. You too. See you, Pete.
So that's Pete Dalladay, and it's a great segue into our next guest that is coming on because uh, Jake Withers said that he kind of created the lane for him there, another Peterborough guy to get to score that first goal. So let's welcome Colton Armstrong on to episode five of Inside the Nest. Colton, how are you, buddy? Good, you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for joining. Uh, Colton, I was reading up on your story, and it's it's quite impressive. You have had an interesting path to get to the NLL. You haven't given up. You never quite played at that top level. And then now you're playing in the best lacrosse league in the world. So, you know, how have you kind of just stayed with it? And I don't know, I mean, kind of risen to the top throughout all the challenges that might've presented themselves along the way. Yeah, I took the long road, um, but it was kind of a funner road to be honest, because I, uh, I push myself every day. Um, big shout out to my dad and my brother, um, just to kind of push me every day to not to give up. Um, yeah, playing junior C, uh, I didn't really think I had anything. I was really small, tiny, just getting pushed around. So I didn't think I could do anything about it. Um, but my coaches kept telling me to go and keep pushing myself. Um, then that Peterborough Timmerman came, um, Joe Sullivan uh, gave me a opportunity there and I kind of took off there and just hit the gym every day and just thought, what else should I do? And, and just kind of <laughs> wanted to be the better person um, that I was. Uh, but yeah, I think overall this whole experience um, was probably what I would do again, because it was a very long road, but it was a long road that was well paid for. Wiz, as someone who's played for the Ohio State University and, and at that top level, kind of growing up and, and being in the spotlight, just how impressive is Colton's road to the NLL here? Wiz, we still got you? Sorry, I was on mute there. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, very impressive, though. I mean... Um... Colton, you know, he didn't take a very typical road to, to get where, you know, he wanted to be, he kind of took the long way and, um, you know, filled with a lot of hard work and determination. And um, it kind of shows in the way that Colton plays and just his attitude and everything that he really brings to the table, you know, out on the floor and in the locker room. Um, it's something to, that you can kind of admire, you know, as a, as a teammate and, 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 you know, just as a friend, really. Um, and, you know, he, he kind of said it best. It, it was definitely the long path, but, um, I mean, I think I can speak on his behalf and say that it's definitely worthwhile and it definitely kind of shows, um, you know, in his selflessness and just how he kind of approaches practice, you know, um, training, recovery, and obviously how he plays. You know, he, he definitely goes that extra mile and extra step. And um, it's, it's definitely because of kind of the journey that he had to, had to take to get there that wasn't the traditional one, but more of, you know, the hardworking one. So. I'm glad to have him as a teammate, and you know, I'm glad that uh, we've kind of became pretty good friends. Um, believe it or not, like growing up, we didn't really know each other that that well, right? So, kind of just through sports here and there, but um, you know, playing together the last couple of years has kind of brought us together. So, I don't mean to get sappy, but much as I like to razz on him, he's a good guy. Is he a keen guy too, Wiz? No, he's a Kenner guy. He's the he's. Oh. He's from a, one of the, the worst high schools, the, the South End. The South End's a good gritty part of town, but he's the, the high school Kenner is it's, it's a tough, tough, you know, tough area over there. 
So Colton, you've scored uh, four goals in the NLL, if I'm not mistaken, and three of them have actually come against the Toronto Rock. Your, your one goal in the Halifax Thunderbirds uniform last season uh, came against the, the Rock, and we've got the highlight right here. What is it about playing in Toronto or against the Rock that kind of fires you up for, for those games? Yeah, um, Wiz could probably say the same thing here. Um, just growing up, the only kind of team you kind of knew around here was Toronto Rock, and you take the drive up to go to the um, ACC to watch the game, even just pay or pay the co couple bucks to get in the nosebleeds. Um, but just growing up is always a, a dream to play for them or to play in that arena um, where the Toronto Maple Leafs play. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I have a lot of family. Um, I think that game probably had 50 or more family and friends come. So just to know when I scored that goal, yeah, it was, I was on the other team, but uh, the fans just, it almost felt like I was at home. So it was awesome. Uh, Wiz, to, to go over to you, one of the coolest matchups in the NLL now has become you and Trevor Baptiste in kind of the face-off circle there. What are those games like? And, and do you get, a little bit more excited for them or is it just like any other game? Um, I mean, I try and approach it like any other game. I'd be lying if I said it obviously didn't, didn't have a little more, um, you know, kind of weight, weight added on it. But, um, you know, I know Trevor, uh, you know, I'm a kind of a coworker of Trevor with the face up Academy and, um, we kind of became pretty good friends. So, um, you know, it's always, you know, a, a great, time playing against them. Um, he's, you know, one of the, one of the better face up guys in the world, you know, box field, whatever it is. And, and he's also a great lacrosse player. So he's a, he's a guy that I like watching play. And he's also a guy that um, I enjoy, you know, competing against because you know, he, he's always going to bring the best out of you. So you got to make sure that you come prepared for that game. But um, yeah, I mean, there's always a little bit, a little bit extra when you see uh, Philly on the, on the schedule there. So we've only actually um, faced off, against each other once and that was his first ever pro game um other than that i was injured then the next game um and then this year obviously covid kind of ruined that i think we we're going to play them the next weekend and then it got everything got canceled so i mean uh, i probably went against them nine or ten times now including international and field but yeah in the nll uh, only once so i'm looking forward to next year hopefully we have them on the schedule or get them in the bubble or whatever happens here. I don't know if I'm allowed to touch on that at all, but. Well, yeah, big heavyweight matchup there that we're going to be watching for, uh, for many years to come. Uh, I asked Ryan Banesh this question on the last episode and, and I'll throw it to both of you just to get your take on the matter. But you could tell that there was something special happening with this Halifax Thunderbirds team. Yeah, just the, the energy that surrounded the club, the, the fans really took to this team um, and, and just the excitement and the fun. And it, it was great to watch on the floor night in and night out in your opinion. And army will go to you first on this one. What was going on there? What was working for the team in the dressing room and on the floor? Uh, I think it kind of starts at practice. We all buy in at practice. A is an awesome coach. He, uh, puts us through the, the ring ringer at the practice and we, we do sprints. We do everything um, because he wants us game ready. Um, we have fun at practice and do little shooting drills and stuff like that. But uh, like it's, it's, it's hard work. Um, but just having a group chat, um, always keeping in touch with people, 
Uh, like I said, even a guy's having a bad day, we'll pick him up. Uh, but yeah, when that goes in right to the dressing room and then right to the floor, it's we're unstoppable. Um, like you guys were saying earlier, to be honest, I don't think we actually played as a full team a good 60 minute game. Um, we've had a couple good periods here and there, but we've never had a full 60. So when you get a full 60, it's going to be a, it's going to be scary. Wiz, how, how did this team compare to others that you've been on in the past? Uh, you guys had a, quite the squad with the Rochester Nighthawks a few years prior, and I felt that kind of same feeling when you went on to the um, the NLL finals there against the Saskatchewan Rush and, and were one game shy of winning the, the title. Um, is it kind of similar or, you know, what's the vibe like for you? Uh, yeah, very similar. Um, you know, this past year we had some great rookies come in. Um, you know, that's kind of the vibe we had when, when I, you know, when me, Shanks, Ethan Finnell and a few other guys got into, uh, into Rochester in 2018. Um, but I think it starts, you know, kind of at the top, you know, guys like Jammer and, and Soupy and, um, you know, Gillies and, you know, Berkey, Keo, Benny, some of those older guys and some of those, you know, kind of mid-age guys that are kind of coming into their own as leaders in the locker room, um, you know, just being very welcoming, nice guys. And, um, you know, above all else, they're, we're all teammates, right? But I think we're, you know, kind of one big group of friends where, you know, everyone would kind of do anything for, for the next guy. Um there's no real clicks or anything like that. Everyone hung out with everyone. You know, when, when we went, we went as a, as a group. And, um, you know, I think that really kind of showed on the floor, um, you know, with, with uh, everyone's selflessness and everyone's, you know, kind of um, ability and, and, you know, uh, ability and just to be able to go above and beyond for the next guy beside them. You know what I mean? And, and nothing was really ever off, off the map. And if, if somebody asked you to do something, you do it because, you know, at the end of the day, you, you like that person and you kind of love them like family. So, um, you know, I think we had a lot of great players, but I think it really comes down to just everyone just kind of being friends and us kind of being like one big family where, you know, everyone kind of loved each other and would do anything for, for anyone in that locker room. You can definitely feel that excitement moving forward here into 2021 and uh, and it's got us all extra pumped up for the start of this season uh, whenever that ends up being we're looking forward to, to april 9th here is the intended start date uh, i can talk lacrosse with you guys all day long here but uh, i'm going to close it off with a, a kind of non-lacrosse question here for wiz you're you've become quite the gamer you have your own custom logo that's been designed by our very own charlie ragusa who does terrific kind of design work and uh how, how did this come about and how much time are you spending on the uh, old console there yeah i mean shout out to charlie chucky you know in my opinion is the best in the biz doesn't matter if it's if it's sports or esports he he can do it all so um give that guy a, a shout out whenever i can and, and check out his stuff on uh on Instagram and Twitter, um, anyone that's watching or listening, but, um, I mean, start of, start of, uh, I mean, I've always been a big gamer. It's always been something I've been passionate about and, um, you know, it's always been kind of playing sports and coming home and, and playing, uh, playing video games until my parents would have kicked me off when I was younger. So, um, it, it just, once COVID kind of hit, um, it, it, I kind of ramped it up with, you know, the release of the call of duty Warzone. Um, and I was playing, I'm not going to lie, like when we stopped, when we, when we stopped playing uh, or when the league got canceled, I think it was what the, the end of January, there were some days I was probably logging, you know, 10, 12 hours of, of straight war zone. So 
Um, I was still, uh, you know, I was kind of in between what I was doing. I didn't know we we're going to make it out to Halifax or what with living. I was trying to find an apartment really. So I was still at the rents there and, um, the Wi-Fi is not the best there in Old Keene. So, um, it, it was, it was kind of tough sledding at the time, but I uh, recently just bought a house, like I said earlier in December, um, purposely in town where I knew the, I can get Kojiko, the, the best, the best Wi-Fi available. So <laughs> I'm set with that now and I'm all settled in. I got a little station here and, um, I just started streaming, you know, a week or two ago. I just kind of got all the, all the attachments and everything I need, all the hardware. So I got my buddy Mikey Dawson helped me out. He's kind of uh, kind of my my technician. Um, and you know, I just like I said, it's something I really enjoy. Um, you know, almost as equal as as lacrosse at times. It helps me unwind, and it's something that um, you know, if I can kind of share with others and you know, maybe build a little following, then you know, down the road maybe maybe it could turn into kind of a part time gig. So it's just for fun right now, but I'm just doing what I can and. Uh, now I have a job as well, so it, it, not as many hours as COVID. None, none of the twelve-hour days, but I try and get on at least one or two hours a week, so or a night. Sorry. So anyone listening, give me a call. A little, a little, a little weightlifting and wall ball in between the matches, I, I assume. Um, of course, yeah, I got a little gym downstairs as well. So if a Kersey's listening, it's not all game around here. There you go. That's the answer we're looking for. Uh, Wiz, if yeah. fans kind of want to follow along with your your gaming journey, where can they do it? Um, uh, twitch.tv, so twitch.tv backslash afford one of the slashes. Um, it's itz underscore wizop. So, wizop was a name that Finel Eric Finel used to call me in college, so I just kind of adopted that, and um, that's that's what it is now. So, w i z z o p. So, I'd appreciate anything, it's just for fun, like I said. Crazy to me. Thanks for uh, thanks for bringing that up, Tyson. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, I'll be following along, and if we get in market here, we got to do a little series uh, behind the scenes of what goes into prepping for Call of Duty and kind of your setup and what it all looks like. So that's a, that's a piece of content we'll be looking to put together there. Sounds good. I, I, maybe a little bit different diet than I would consume on on a game weekend, but you know the odd the odd Mountain Dew and a bag of Doritos don't don't hurt nobody. Jake Withers, Colton Armstrong, can't thank you guys enough for joining here on episode five of Inside the Nest. I think this sets, sets the record for the longest episode that we've had, but I mean, we could have kept uh, kept on going and it's been great to catch up with you guys. Hope uh, you're doing well. Hope the family's doing well and hope to see you guys on the floor very soon here because lots to be excited about for the Halifax Thunderbirds. Thanks, Tice. Yeah, thank you very much. Take care, guys. Jake Weathers, Colton Armstrong there. This has been episode five of Inside the Nest. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're giving you the chance to win. We do this every other week, I guess, every week that we have the Inside the Nest podcast. But visit HalifaxThunderbirds.com backslash win or forward slash or whatever slash it is referring to uh, Withers' comment there, of course. But uh, slash win in order to win a Halifax Thunderbirds prize pack just for tuning in. Fill in the little sheet there, and you have your chance to win. Episode 6 of Inside the Nest goes in a couple of weeks on Tuesday. It's going to feature David Brock and Austin Shanks. We could have got him on this episode, too. That would have been great to have Shanks and, and Wiz on together, both uh, who attended the Ohio State University together. But he will come next episode, and we'll ask him for some great stories uh, as well. want to thank our producer, John Catalano, for everything 
Charlie Ragusa, Avery Light, the entire Halifax Thunderbirds team, Pete Dalladay and Pat Gregoire. Great to chat with. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm your host, Tyson Geick, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Take care.